Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Zach, we have a, a great show lined up today, but October, uh, probably my favorite month of the year. It, it is a good month. It's cooling down a little bit. It's not 98 degrees. It's it, in the it, 80s and I'm cool at you. night. It's cool at night. Yeah, you feel like you can be outside and not yeah. sweat yeah. profusely after being outside for 10 minutes. Yeah, it's yeah. a good, good month. Mm-hmm. And um, we have on our side, we have a pretty exciting event. I think we've talked about this before, but Matthew's getting married on October the yeah. 14th. So yeah. Less than two weeks. Super excited That's crazy. about that. And, uh, less than a week. Starting to look at the... Yeah, about a week and a half. Yeah. Week and a half yeah. 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 So we're looking at the weather forecast and goodness, you know, most time forecasts aren't good, you know, for 30 minutes and we're looking out 10 days starting to sweat because oh, we see yeah. we, it's an outdoor wedding. Yeah. So we'll see how that uh, turns out. It's going to be a great day. Yeah, I'm excited for so that. We're going to have a, we're going to have a good time and uh, we got Halloween coming up. You got your costume yeah. picked out? Yeah, we, we have it. The ideas picked out. Okay. Kids that have been into Star Wars the last year, so they want to nice. do Star nice. Wars themed. Um, and in the past, Caroline and I dressed up as well, but we're like, should we, <laughs> should we do that anymore? And, That's fine. Because it's a lot of... Uh, yeah, Effort. a lot of work. Yeah, fun, fun, fun times. Young yeah. kids. Um, yeah, we don't do that anymore. We live out in the country, so we don't have anybody knocking on our door. And if they do, it's a little scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's 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 a scary thing, not a good out, thing. That's that right. Happens. Absolutely. So uh, anyway, we have a good show lined up today. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Zach. What's going on with the markets, man? It's been yeah. Uh, third quarter was a very tough tough quarter. It's been a good year up until that point, and October kind of started out a little. Um, a little scary as well. So we're going to yeah, dive yeah. into that a little bit. Good article, a good article out of CNBC. And, Timely article. And uh, kind of talk about what's driving the markets right now. And I will say, I'll go ahead and give you the punchline. This is noise. Um, it's noise. It will resolve like itself. Um, it's just another uh, thing that the market gets uh, up in arms about, and it will it will resolve itself. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And then uh, the, the second thing we're going to look at is a 10-year checklist for Man, retirement planning. That's impressive, Zach. 10 years out. By, by Kiplinger. Yeah. And I, I like this because a lot of times folks will think, you know, retirement, okay, um, two years before I'll yeah. start planning, which right. is still really good sure. if you do it two years before. But this is 10 years before. And it just gives you one thing to focus on every 10 years. Yeah. Uh, it's very practical, very helpful, and um, excited to dig into that one. Yeah, I like that. I, that was very good. A different way of looking at it, certainly, because yep. you do hear, you know, anywhere from two to five years, you start really looking at it. But going out 10 years certainly is not a bad thing. And we, we look out, gosh, someone comes in in their 20s, we start looking oh, at sure. retirement for them. So yeah. we, we got a 30-year plan. We got 30 years, know? yeah. Ain't so, nothing. Um, they got nothing on us. Yeah, Ten so year? We, good, good, good show today. And um, by the way, my name is John Travis. Uh, I have an MBA in finance. I'm also a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. Been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 30 years. And I'm Zach Albany. I'm a certified financial planner. I've been in this industry for three years now and at Richard Young for two and a half, almost yeah. three. Almost yeah. three. That's so. right, man. Time flies. Yep. Glad to have you here today. Um, you can always catch our show every uh, Friday morning. Uh, that's when we post it out there. We're actually recording this, uh, so it makes it a little bit easier. But uh, oh, yeah. go check out our website, moneymd.net. Uh, you can get the, the podcast from there. We also have a lot of good tools. I'm actually going to highlight one of the tools today. It's called the Financial Account Inventory when we do the prescription of the week. So, uh, again, glad to have you with us today. And uh, we're going to start off with the Financial Fact of the Week. And, um, Zach, we get emails a lot from uh, industry sources. Some of them are better than others. But there's a group out there called Capital Group been around a long time and it was a really good article almost 
kind of talked about it uh, today. But um, here's the fact. Over the last 35 years in this uh, reporter's um, life working for this company, there have been 23 market shocks. Um, that's where well, something yeah. happens to the market and it just takes takes off going down. That's about once every 16 months. And so he the first one he referenced was 1987, uh, the crash. Yep. And um, that that crash in 1987, the markets were down 25% in one day. That Black Monday, is that what it was called? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you had that's the right. tech bubble in, in 2002, 9-11, obviously, the 2008 global financial crisis, COVID-19, the Ukraine war, global inflation. And so, I mean, what we're going through now is, um, it, it's tough, it's challenging, but it will resolve itself. And, and you know, if you look back at the return of the S&P 500 over that time frame, over that 35 years, it's averaged over 10%. Yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing to, to wrap your head around. Because, it is, it is. Yeah, you think of like a 25% drop in one day, even with all those, those shocks. Yes. The market still has a positive, not just positive, but 10% annualized. And that's, you know, historical. And, yes. and history doesn't necessarily dictate the future. That's but, right, that's right. But it's still pretty amazing how resilient the market is if you you hang in there, right? That's the that's the key. And it does take patience. If you look back to the tech bubble um, in 2000 is when the market started going down back then. Then you had 9-11 in 2001, and then you had further drop of the, the tech sector and the whole economy yeah. in 2002. So there were three years in a row that were negative. That's hard. It is hard. It is hard. And so having some perspective on this can help you get through what we're going through last year in the down markets and this year as well yeah. with the, the, the volatility. Yeah. So just just hang tight and we're going to kind of dump in, uh, jump into that a little bit more now. And, and what is up with the markets? This is a, an article from yesterday, Jeff Cox uh, out of CNBC. And, you know, we've seen the markets um, really take a, a step back over the last really quarter. So if you go back um, to the end of July, that was the high of the market and uh, in the recovery. And since then, um, the S&P 500 is down roughly 8%. So uh, correction territory is down 10%. And that happens about once per year. So we're, we're approaching that correction, but yeah. it's down about 8%. It's pulled back quite a bit. And uh, the narrative in the question is the one that, you know, the Federal Reserve, it's all around what the interest rates are going to do. And everyone on Wall Street uh, wants interest rates to, to go down, but that's not what the Fed is saying. I mean, in the in the the place um, of interest rates going down, basically what the Fed came out recently and said is they're going to stay higher for longer, and that's an idea the Fed yeah. officials have tried to get the market to accept, and um, the investors are starting to absorb that now. And so, you know, the pain of the recognition, uh, hap- you know, was was pretty challenging last week and also this week. Major averages are down, um, and it's driven by interest rates staying high. And the reason interest rates are staying high is because inflation is not where they want it at this point. So when you have an economy that's predicated on zero rates, which is what it's been for the last 12 to 15 years, and it moves really fast towards 5%, then there are things that that do change in the economy. Cost of capital is going up. Companies are going to have to refinance at higher rates. I mean, the surge in rates um, is is difficult for corporate America um, as it heads to the third quarter reporting season, which is right around the corner. And so, you know, this is all being figured out by the market. And so that's why we see some some volatility right now is that the plan before the last Federal Reserve meeting was is to have rate cuts next year. And that's not so certain at this point based on what the Fed said. 
Yeah, and so the market you know, turned down this week uh, after the Labor Department report uh, showed that job openings took a sudden swing higher in August. So you know, that countered the prevailing wisdom that the employment picture was loosening and thus putting less upper pressure on wages. And in turn, then because of that, traders, they grew worried that the central bank would be forced to keep monetary policy tight. And that sentiment was buttressed this week when at least four policymakers either endorsed the hikes or indicated that higher rates would be staying in place for an extended period of time, like you were saying, John. And along with the slide in stocks, the yield in the 10 and 30-year government debt instruments hit highs last seen as, as the economy was moving toward the financial crisis. And so all these things coming together kind of spook traders. Yes, so that's right. And, and so the economy is coming from a you know, low rate environment and trying to adapt and uh, adjust to a higher rate environment. What does that mean for corporate earnings? It's all going to play out in corporate earnings. I mean, there's, you know, the, the, uh, there's, some, there's some headwinds in this economy, but there's some tailwinds as well. The, the AI, artificial intelligence, yep. is going to be huge. Um, going forward, and we don't know how that's going to impact companies, but it's probably going to be very positive. So the, you know the economy is is uh, still doing well. Jobs are are doing relatively well. Uh, multiple uh, parts of the economy are are facing some interest rate risk when interest rates are higher, and banks are at the top of that list. And um, the sector was jolted earlier this year by the high profile failure of a couple of banks that had built up um, too much long-duration government debt, and it had to sell at a loss following deposit runs. So in the second quarter, um, there were some unrealized losses on, on bank uh, balance sheets. And um, so that's causing a little bit of concern for the, for the economy and the markets as well. So should banks have to cover those losses, they may, may be forced to issue equity. Uh, and in turn, that would be dilutive to the share price, which means it would make the share price uh, probably go down because there's less mm. earnings associated with it. So, you know, these are just, we call this noise. And and I wanted to do this article. It is technical and it is detailed, yeah. but it's what you hear on the news. And we wanted to give you some insight kind of behind the scenes that this will resolve itself. We don't know when, right. but um, yeah. it, it is a detailed discussion of it, but it's also important to understand this is what markets do. They look at the current factors in front of them, and they make some, you know, projections, and they're usually wrong about them. And yep. markets recover and, and they, go on yeah. to new highs. So. And, that, and that's what brings the volatility in the market. Is you know, it, it, there's the uncertainty, but overall, the noise does settle down, and and things do work their way higher. Yep. And so I think you know, you consumers are also feeling a squeeze from all this. They're they've got to deal with higher rates, and that means higher rates on mortgages, credit cards, personal loans. Uh, more than 36% of banks reported tightening lending standards in the third quarter, a level that in the past really has been consistent with recessions. At the same time, Washington's dis Washington dysfunction has uh, bond buyers worried about the U.S. fiscal house with public debt at nearly 120% of GDP and net financi financing costs running, uh, according to the uh, Congressional Budget Office, toward $745 billion in 2024 after totaling $663 billion this year. So there is that, it, like you're saying, it's this, this noise and it seems like you can't hear anything else because yes. there seems like to be, there's, there's all these uh, negative things around us. But as they get resolved, we'll see markets work higher. Yeah, and there's nothing out there that's going to say, hey, today's the, the, the day to oh, buy. Yeah. No. So, um, you know, there's also some pressure from foreign buyers who are stepping away from buying government bonds. So there's a lot of negative news out there. Uh, and some of the, um, for some in the market, um, you know, this rapid move in the interest rates 
Um, you know, has caused some issues at hedge funds in the past. So there's a lot of negative headlines right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it goes on to say, um, you know, the selling's not explained by fundamental factors, which just means Coca-Cola earnings are not being impacted by this necessarily. Right. I mean, IBM, Google, I mean, you start looking at the fundamentals of companies and they're pretty good. So I, I just want to summarize, um, you know, this discussion by saying, hey, this is noise. This will, will yeah. pass. Um, the last year was a difficult year, but you know, if you look back at history, 25% of the years in the stock market have been negative. Yeah. Right. So if you look back over the last four years and and you go out five years, it's been a pretty good five year run in the market. Right. And we had one negative year and that's what people are focused on right now. And this year is, has been up and, and most people are still positive, but it's come back a little bit in the last quarter. And so you know, here's the way to, to view this and just summary. So if you're building wealth, if you're not in retirement yet, um, add money. Just I mean, keep adding. Yep. Add money. When you put money into the market and the market's lower, guess what? You buy more shares. That's right. More shares means more wealth when the prices recover. And as you mentioned earlier, past performance doesn't guarantee future results. But prices, if you're diversified, have recovered 100% of the time. Yeah. But they have never not recovered. That's right. So yeah. if you're an individual stock, that's different. But when you're diversified, it's recovered. So add money, do some rebalancing, um, add shares. Think about share total is the key during these de- difficult times. So we have clients now that are adding money. I mean, yeah. we've had discussions and they're like, yep, uh, I want to put 1000 in. Yep, I want to put 5000 in. So when that goes into Smart. their accounts, yeah. we're buying additional shares. Now, if you're in retirement, you're not putting money in, you're pulling money out. So you need to make sure you're diversified and have bonds. And right. um, <clears throat> you can pull money from the bond side of the portfolio. You may have a money market that you can pull from. So to get through these storms, um, you know, you need to be diversified. If you're building wealth, add money, get more shares. If you're in retirement, protect those shares. Don't sell them. Just pull it from the bond side or from a money market side. Yeah, that's good. So That's a good summary. It is. It is. It's it's hard. I mean, we watch this stuff every single day and, and we're we're used to it, if you will. Um, and so a lot of times people watch the news and it's just, it's scary and we understand why it is, but having some historical perspective on this, it does help to get through it. Yeah, yeah. it does. All right. So we're going to go to our question of the week. And um, so, um, Zach, I'm teaching a, an FPU class. Oh, nice. Um, Dave Ramsey at our church. Yeah. And um, so we did our first lesson this week and uh, one of the stats that came up, which I thought was interesting, is how much should a normal family spend on groceries? And it's interesting because the Ramsey organization used to put out a, a percentage of income. Okay. And so they used to say, I'll just make up a number, 10% should go on groceries. Well, if you have someone making $5 million, are you going to spend 500000 on groceries? It's a lot of good. Probably not. Good food. <laughs> yeah. Right. So they, they came out instead, and I found this um, stat as well, um, just doing some research. For a family of four... Um, today, you know, if you're thrifty and you're really, you know, clipping coupons and shopping at the Aldi's and the Lidl's of the world, a thousand dollars would be like a, a minimum that you could get by. Yeah. Um, if you're not so thrifty, then, um, $1,500 would be kind of a more normal yeah. type expense. And that's a lot. That's a lot of money. It is $1,500, you know, so if you can clip cu- coupons, shop at the, the Aldi's at the Sam's and so forth. $1,000 would be a, a target, but you, you know, one of the things we're going through in the FPU class is helping people budget. And so if, you, if you're just starting budgeting, you have no idea how much you're spending. So right. put in $1,250 yeah, um, you know, as a starting point and see if, you can, um, see if you can target that. So Yeah, something um, 
we do is we actually budget uh, by week. Oh, good for groceries, so yeah. that it allows us. So one so week we you have, eat, one week you don't. Eat, well, you could do that, <laughs> or one week, let's say you're under, then you could maybe get that yeah. salmon or that steak you want the yeah. following week, and yeah. so it it allows you to micromanage a little bit more. Good, break it down by week as as opposed to month. Anyway, that's yeah, a free tip, free tip. For I you like that. There. I like yeah. that, Zach. All right, yeah. so we're gonna switch gears here and ten uh, year checklist. Yeah, for retirement planning, Kiplinger is great. Great magazine. Uh, it's been around a long time. Really good articles. Yeah. Yeah, so, John, by 2030, one out of five Americans will be retirement age. Mm. Uh, so every baby boomer will be over 65 with Generation X, you know, close on their heels. And if you are on the back end of your 50s today, you're really in the final stretch. And so most folks start the retirement planning within a year or two. And as I mentioned before, you know, that even if you do that, that's pretty good. You're ahead of the curve. But this piece gives us a 10-year checklist so that you can start planning well in advance and so you're more prepared when it comes time to push the button. So it, these are just 10 things. These are suggestions, but I think they're pretty good and at least we'll give you some ideas. So anyway, yeah. how, do you, how do you plan 10 years prior to retirement, John? Yeah, 10 years out. With a decade to go, you know, your earning potential is probably the highest that it's been. So you know, start by saving as much as you can. And this all has to be tied into a retirement plan. Yep. Um, it's also a good time to kind of visualize what day-to-day life will look like in retirement, I mean, what's your daily rhythm going to be like? What's your hobbies? Um, what will occupy your your time? You're going to do volunteer work. You know, planning what it's going to look like will make your your future retirement feel more real, and also motivate motivate you to save. So, figure out when you'll uh, when you'll spend time socializing with family and friends. Um, otherwise, retirement can quickly become aimless because you won't have any kind of you know job um, interaction with other people. So, you need to make sure that you're engaged. And if you're married and or in a committed relationship, talk about that vision together. It's going to help you, on, you both get on the same page and also more excited to achieve those retirement goals. Yep, that's good. All right, nine years out, time to fine-tune your investments. Think about your allocation, as we were talking about earlier. You know, Check it. Make sure you know where you're at. Uh, this isn't necessarily a time to change your investments, but it's important to know where you're at and where you'll need to be as you approach retirement. If you feel behind in your savings, and if you're comfortable with it, you could aim to have more stocks for more growth. Or if you feel like you've saved well, you can actually cut back earlier, reduce risk, slowly getting on the retirement ramp. But look at your allocation. Where are you at? Eight years out, <clears throat> this is the time to, to go prospecting. I thought this was good. Look for money that you might have forgotten about, which, which does happen. We see this pretty regularly where people realize they had a retirement plan, they had a pension, um, they had employee stock. And so, what was the stat here? It says uh, 29.2 million forgetting that they had 401ks on average with, a, on, with an average balance of $56,000, according to Capitalize. You know, it's a technology platform. So, I thought that stat was interesting um, that it's not, un, or it, it's not uncommon for people to not realize they have 401ks elsewhere. So, yeah. go look around for money that you. Um, May or may not have. Yeah, I just saw an article in, in uh, the Aiken Standard um, talking about a South Carolina woman that just got $1.3 million um, from the state. And the state was holding, I think it was her father's, um, it was a, uh, a stock purchase plan huh. of CSX. Huh. And her father had put in, just put in money year over year over year, and it had grown from 600000 up to like $1.3 million. Yeah. So, she wow. she found out about it. I'm not sure how she was notified, but uh, yeah, that's a nice little... It can happen. Nice little gift. Oh, so, yeah. Seven years in, make plans and uh, give them a test drive. So your goal this year is 
to set a retirement budget. And it, it does sound early, but you know, you can make it a fun exercise. I mean, list all your expected expenses, housing, food, uh, taxes, um, put some travel in there. You know, you got to look at Medicare Part B premiums. Right now it costs about 165 a month. Um, think about uh, good or, or bad scenarios that may change your retirement vision, goals, and mm-hmm. budgets. Uh, you got to look at your health, you know, grandchildren, um, you know, just start dreaming a little bit of what you want it to look like. And, uh, you know, you can start fine-tuning the plan. Yeah. Six years out, you assess your income situation. You know, will you have enough now that you got your ideal budget because you listened to John at seven years? <laughs> uh, now you can estimate your future retirement income to see if you can cover everything. You know, use the 4% rule. We talked about that in a podcast a few weeks ago. The 4% rule is just looking at your, your savings investments, taking 4% a year. Is it just a good rule of thumb? Um, you know, there, there's nuance to it, but that's a good way to start. And just, you know, so for example, if you, you've got a million dollar portfolio, you're about to retire, um, that predicts you can do $40,000 a year from your savings. And, uh, and then you add your other retirement income, like pension, social security on top of that. So anyway, start to assess your situation. Do you have enough for the budget that you created? Yeah. And five years in, get granular, start looking at where the money's going to come from. And, you know, Social Security is always a big topic with folks. You can start taking it at 62 or you can delay it uh, and get an 8% increase uh, every single year. So, um, you know, that increase will last for the rest of your life. So right. you got to do some planning in that area. Um, we always tell people if we knew when you were going to pass away, we could tell you the exact oh, yeah. right answer. But yeah, it's a little um, grim though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right? We don't we don't go too far down that path. <laughs> but it, it there is there are some uh, rules of thumb and um, also some personal preferences. If you have health issues or you have longevity in your your family, you can start coming up with a strategy on Social Security. Then if you have any debt, um, especially high interest debt such as credit cards, consider how you're going to pay it off over the last five years before going into retirement. That removes an ongoing monthly expense from your budget. And yeah, I'll say helpful. that for most people that go into retirement with us, we try to have them completely debt-free, including the mortgage yeah. going into it. So It really makes things easier navigating your income in retirement. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So four years in, make sure you're covered uh, medically. So if you plan to retire before qualifying uh, age of 65 for Medicare, you need to figure out where health insurance yeah. is going to come from. Your job could offer a COBRA, but that's very expensive. Uh-huh. Um, and you can get that for about 18 months. But your premiums are going to increase for COBRA because your employer will no longer chip in. So that may not be your best option. you got to take a look around if you're married and your spouse has insurance, and that could be uh, an answer. But that you have to have that figured out yeah. going into Br- Bridging that is, is important for sure if you want to retire before 65. That's good. Uh, three years out, I like this one. It was give your retirement a tryout. Um, and we've, we've had several clients who had this idea of retirement and, you know, Steve has recommended, why don't you spend uh, a few weeks there and see how you like it. Imagine if you could live there and they do that and they come back and they're like, you know what? I enjoyed being there for two weeks, but I don't think I could live there. Yeah. And so this, this point, this, you know, three years out is what do you want to do in retirement? Give it a tryout. Do you want to, maybe you want to open a coffee shop. Maybe you want to start a small business, something that you enjoy. Why don't you do that for a little bit and see if it's actually something you could do through retirement um, and see if you'll actually like the plans you have before you, before you get, you jump, you know, headfirst into it. So um, give it a try out. What, what will it look like when you get there? Yeah. In two years, um, go for another retirement review. And again, we try to do that annually, um, <clears throat> regardless of how many years you're, you're out from it, but consult with um, maybe you're a financial advisor, financial yep. planner, um, 
uh, to make sure that you're, uh, w- when you're ready to retire, it's going to meet your goals and your vision and discuss the budget, the expected income, the allocation, insurance, uh, make sure all the numbers work out. And if you're still short, you know, consider whether you're willing to work longer to save more, or if there's anything else in your budget that you can adjust to, um, to make sure that you can, uh, you know, live on the income. Yeah. And one year out, um, hit that button already. You know, you you've planned well, you've made sure that you have the income that you you'll need in retirement. You've made sure you, you test driven your, your plan. You've communicated with your spouse or, you know, whoever you're in a committed relationship with all these things, you've done all these things and you're ready to go. I think retire freely. Sometimes we see folks that are still hesitant, even though everything looks good. And um, I don't think you need to be. I think planning and preparing for retirement and if everything looks good, go ahead and do it. Then I think the the feeling of being prepared will will help you hit that button with confidence. And so, um, yeah, I like this this little article, this 10-year checklist. I think it will will prepare people both actually and uh, emotionally as yeah. well for, for retirement. So, you know, I think the, the favorite part of the retirement planning process that we use, um, which is really cool. And in, in my opinion is we have a number, an after tax monthly number. And when you can yep. live on that number, you know, looking at your budget, then uh, it's a good thing. So you can make yeah. a decision and feel comfortable that yes, I'm, I'm okay going to retirement. Yeah. And when we do planning to our numbers uh, adjust for inflation, so you don't have to worry that Oh, that will that number be have the same purchasing power in five, ten years? We adjust for inflation. We build in negative years, as you were you mentioned earlier. Twenty five percent of the years are negative. We build that in. So if the plan looks good, you can be pretty confident that yep. your retirement's gonna look good. So, That's right. Yep. Very good. Good discussion, and uh, we're gonna close out with the prescription of the week, All and right. that's to make sure that you provide a roadmap um, of your assets for your for your loved ones. It's just a kind of a final uh, way to say you love someone going out the door and you yeah. don't know when that's going to be. So out on our website, moneymd.net, um, under the tools section, financial tools, we have created a spreadsheet. Um, it's called Financial Account Inventory. And um, it has account name. So you would document your account names, the type of account it is, retirement, life insurance, pension. Um, you can put account numbers, amounts, you can put the company name, the company phone number. You can put the beneficiaries on there, the website, the login, the password. Yeah. Just so it's not a, um, <clears throat> it's just chaotic when someone passes away, and particularly chaotic when you don't know what the financial picture is. And sometimes, if you can get the financial picture in order, it helps you to deal and focus on the emotional and psychological stress that you're going through versus having another. Oh, yeah. Item in the mix. Yeah. So um, again, go moneymd.net. It's a great sheet. Uh, you don't have to use this sheet, but do some kind of documentation and, and make sure your 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 loved ones know where it is and, and how to access it. Yeah, that's really good. Very good. Well, that's been this week's show um, of MoneyMD. It comes, uh, we post it every Friday morning. So check it out and uh, join us next week to get more answers for your financial questions. Um, moneymd.net. And you can also call us here at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Yeah, have a good one. Material in this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.